crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today we have an absolutely tremendous conversation for you. If you have ever thought about selling your business, specifically an insurance agency, then this is the conversation that you want to dial in for and listen to because we have two of the absolute best in the business, Max Olson and Mike Almberg from Legacy Advisors. Legacy is a sell-side advisory firm that helps insurance agency owners sell their business for the maximum value to the right cultural partner, right? Both have experience in the industry, both have acquired and or sold agencies, both have operated in a private equity environment. They're young, they're hungry, and I'll tell you guys, these two and legacy partner, legacy advisors in general are starting to take over the sell-side market and their advice is practical. It's based in kind of real terms from real uh, sales and we get into it deep and, and we really hit it hard. I mean, if, if you've ever thought about selling your insurance agency, this is the episode for you. This is something you want to take in. You want to digest the concepts. Um, you know, there's no, you know, we don't, we don't kind of stay on the fluffy surface here. We really get down into it. And Mike and Max are absolute pros. Uh, I, I really enjoy these guys and it was a pleasure to have them on the show. Before we get there, guys, I have a new newsletter the newsletter is specific and unique to newsletter subscribers. You have to go to findingpeak.com. That's www.findingpeak.com. Uh, no longer publishing some of the articles, thoughts, etc. online. Um, it just doesn't make sense to do that. Um, but you got to be a subscriber to the newsletter. So the newsletter is going to have all kinds of great stuff, specifically focused on leadership, on life, on business, on finding peak performance, and all the pieces that go into becoming the best versions of ourselves. This is a journey that I've been on since 2017, and at 42 years old, I'm in the best shape of my life. I run a company of 20-plus people. Uh, I've sold that business. I've done 350 keynotes in my life. Um, you, you know, I've, I've had this, this long and, and kind of winding career at still a relatively young age. And I've done that through a series of disciplines, uh, mindsets, activities, habits, etc., that allow me to stay focused, even when things don't go my way. And I want to share those with you. It, it, to me, it brings great joy. It brings a great sense of pride, of uh, satisfaction in my work to share these things with you guys and, and help you. Cause I know you're not alone. Like I struggle with these things every day. It's why I've had to set these practices, mindsets, disciplines up in my life. I mean, I, it's not that I wake up and I'm just have this dialed in. I wake up with all the same fears, anxieties, insecurities that everyone else does. But then I have these things that I've built into my life, which keep me on track, keep me going. And regardless of what setbacks happen, uh, continuing to push forward and just never giving up, right? And it's this idea of never break promises to yourself. Guys, Finding Peak is a project that I have kind of flailed around with a little bit in terms of dialing in exactly what I wanted it to be and, and how I wanted it to, deliver, to be delivered to you guys. Um, the newsletter is going to be the way. And to get that newsletter, you have to go to www.findingpeak.com. Enter your email. It's free. I promise you won't be disappointed. All right. I love you for listening to this podcast. Guys, let's get on to Mike and Max. Dudes, I am. Uh, I'm so glad to have you on the show. It's it's been um, like a month or so in the making, getting you scheduled and getting you on. But uh, ever since we had our first uh, conversation, I think it was two months ago over the summer. Um, 
uh, I've been excited to, to share to share what you guys are doing and, and your kind of unique approach uh, to with, with the audience. So I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Yeah, it's been yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, what is it like being one of the most sought after and fast growing sell side boutique brokerages in the insurance industry? <laughs> it's, it's it's been, been a lot of fun, uh, and, and thank you for the kind words. It's uh, it's been, been great working with Max and, and the rest of the team, uh, and, and it's been rewarding. We we can get into our backgrounds later, but this is definitely a change of pace for me, uh, and it, it's fun working with clients and and seeing them happy. Yeah, I yeah, think... this is the most fun I've had basically my entire working career. So it's good. Uh, that you know, I mean, that's that's what makes this you know makes doing work special is when you can show up every day and know and feel very good about what you're doing i mean that's that's what it's all about and i think you know what i love about what you guys are doing is um you know my i've always been an enormous proponent of of the independent insurance agency owner of our system of what it means and for so many of the men and women who you know blood sweat and tears for 10 20 30 40 plus years into these agencies and building them and growing them and uh, ups and downs and goods and bads, you know, the moment when they decide to sell is, is, is one of the most defining moments of their career. I mean, it sets up the remainder of their, of their life. And, you know, I think I was excited to have you on because it, it feels to me, and, and we were talking a little bit before, just so everyone knows, I had to cut Mike off cause he was giving us all this awesome stuff. And I was like, stop talking. We have to, we have to record this. You know, um, it, it feels to me like there are a tremendous number of misconceptions right Mike you even said it you talk to your buddy down the street and he kind of sucks at running his agency yet he gets this multiple and now I'm getting offered this one and I don't understand so um wh where I would love to start we're, we're gonna bounce around a little bit but I, I just want to kind of uh, not bury the lead here you know when you when someone is let's before we get to how someone finds you and how you pick who to work with and I want to talk about all that stuff like what's the first like huge misconception that you have to kind of dispel? Like, what's the most common misconception you have to be like, okay, let's do a little level setting on that before we engage in this project together. Like, what's what's one of the biggest ones that you, you see and, and most common? Michael, let you take it. Sure. Yeah, so one of the big things for me, and, and my background's in venture capital, so like I was always used to the process of, you know, raise some money, build your business, and you sell it, and that's a success. I think a lot of, a lot of business owners and, you know, you and your audience know the demographic of, of insurance agent owners, agency owners. You know, a lot of them hear that someone sold and, and they view it as waving the white flag that, you know, you failed or you couldn't do it anymore and you just, you needed it out. And, and that's that's really not the case. There's a lot of reasons to sell your business. Um, and, you know, our job and what we try to do the best that we can is, is to educate uh, business owners um, and, and just know your options, right? Maybe you don't want to sell right now. Maybe you want to pass it to your kids or, or find a successor that already works at your agency that you love. That'll do a great job taking care of your clients, but you should know what the options are. Um, and I think a lot of people were just super close-minded uh, prior to our conversations with them about even even selling because they view it as a failure. And it's, it's not, it's definitely not. So it's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Overall, we have a lot of clients that are in their 30s and 40s and they have thriving agencies and it still made sense for them to go through and then do it um so yeah good point mike yeah i really hope that's not the case because i sold my agency at 40 <laughs> after two years so 
if 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 it's considered a failure to sell, uh, then I'm in big trouble. So um, I, I love that. I love that because you know so much of our business and so much of being an agency owner uh, is about ego, right? And I and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Like to be driven to fight through the challenges in our space, you you have to have an ego. You have to take pride in what you do. There has to be a an intrinsic level to the work, and it does become like a child and you know or or you know something incredibly meaningful <laughs> maybe even it becomes your spouse i don't know um and you know the idea of 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 selling i think yeah maybe there's a little bit of machismo in it a little bit of ah you know i i got the best number or whatever but there's also um a sense of what do i do next so i think i think it's a wonderful way of putting it that uh it could be it, it doesn't mean your journey's over, right? It could be a stepping stone to the next big project that you want to do. And a lot of it is is you helping them maybe finance that next project um, by helping them, you know, get the best deal they can with what they've built. Yeah, totally agree. The other, the other piece to that too is it's not just finding the next project. It, it could be staying in the same thing, keep running your agency, but spending more time doing what, what you're good at, at and what you like, like doing. So like what, what we found, and, and this kind of comes full circle to what we were just talking about. So Max is a younger guy, uh, grew his agency really fast and, and he sold it. And a lot of people reached out and they were like, Hey man, like, why'd you do it? What are you doing? And you know, once, once some of these owners realize that if you partner with another firm, you don't have to do it or payroll or accounting or that type of thing anymore. And, and you can focus on selling if that's what you're good at or training and, and, and working with people. Um, people get re-energized. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there is a, um, there, an, there is an aspect to, it's, a, it's, a, it's an age old kind of adage. And, but I just don't think most people follow it working on your business versus in your business. And when you're in it every day, it becomes overwhelming. It becomes stressful. It, you know, you, you, it, it really becomes almost like a burden. And when you finally get to a point, and, and this was a large part of, of, of me selling, was that I knew I'm not, I'm not an in-the-business guy. I'm just not. It's just not who – I'm not wired that way. Um, there are certain skill sets which I would put myself against the best in the industry, and, and all the other skill sets I'm, like, in the bottom 10% on. So for me, in large part – and there, there were other factors. It was I wanted to work on the thing – and this was the best way to do it, um, and and that's a that's a huge part of it. And I think, do you, and I would love to know, like, do you see this? It feels like the maybe it's forty five and under, maybe it's fifty and under. You know, let's say the numbers are tough, but it does feel more like our. I know, I, I think both of you guys are a little younger than me, but say my generation, your generation, it feels like there's less. More people are willing to have that mentality of saying, I don't need to own the whole thing. My name doesn't have to be on the box. I'm seeing more and more agencies with with names like a rogue risk, like a name that isn't just the last name, versus the more traditional way, which is this is Hanley Insurance Services of Troy, New York, and you know we are, you know, it just it feels like we're generation. starting to shift as an industry. Yeah, is there, are you seeing that? I think so. I mean, if you look at consumers, they don't really care about the like last name. It is one thing. It is one thing. It's been around for hundred years and stuff like that, but. Realistically, if you Let's start in the last 10 years and you're customer-centric, which I think the best agencies are, uh, there's a lot less focus on you as the owner, which is which is better for everybody. Yes. Is it true that if 
I read, uh, I was reading a leadership book the other day and it was talking about, um, uh, actually, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cody Sanchez. She's a thought leader. I love her for a bunch of reasons. Um, but, uh, her whole philosophy is buying small businesses, buying boring businesses. And she was talking about how, uh, one of her key checklist items is actually businesses in which the owner is replaceable. If the owner is a linchpin of the business, that's actually a negative. Do you see that with insurance agencies as well? I think if the entire business is completely dependent on the owner, there's way more risk for a buyer. So if they've gone through and then built up a solid team, uh, created a great culture, created processes, they're a lot more marketable than they're a lot more marketable because uh, it's a completely different purchase. One hundred percent. I think if the majority of the client list is there because the principal and the principal wants to step away, that that's that's obvious risk to the buyer, right? The best case scenario is that principal sticks around and transitions that book and continues to grow their employees and make them better and stronger, and the clients the clients are happy, your employees are happy, and, and the business stays around. That's that's the win. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think. Something that um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the name Jason Cass, but uh, he's been a friend of mine for a while. And um, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when we first started podcasting and sharing our thoughts on the industry, um, one of the very first things that I noticed about our industry that I thought was bananas is that people think of themselves as insurance agency owners and not business owners. And that is a very odd thing about our, it's a very unique mentality to our space that I'm an agency owner and you're like no you own a business it just happens to sell retail insurance is the product that you sell and and when you we would get lambasted for that mentality we'd be like you have to think like a business owner business owners and 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 really where this came from is we were looking at the um best practice best practices report for the big eye and it was like 2.1 percent of budget is spent on marketing, right? So we were like, and marketing was the thing that we talked about. So we were like, a business owner looks at that and goes, I need to grow. Maybe I need to increase that number. And agency owners are like, no, no, no. That, you know, that money goes in my, that's how I pay for my wife's seven series or whatever, you know? And um, I think that uh, I it, it does feel like that shift is starting to happen. There are a lot of really good conversations around that. Um, if you have, is that, are those different, are those different? Do you approach those types of customers different? Customers that come in that have a business owner mentality versus customers that come in with like a agency owner mentality? Is that, do you have to kind of work them differently, talk through things differently with them? Well, I think on the, the buyer side, so like the, the buyer side, you're not growing and all you're, you're going to be doing wait, is using your, going. your agency as an APM. Uh, you ultimately aren't going to get the same sales price as somebody that's focused on growth. Uh, they don't have to be spending 20% of their market, 20% of their budget on, on marketing, but they should be spending some. Um, and, yeah. and ultimately, yeah. and you may save a little bit of money over like the, over the years, money, but when you get to the time to sell, then it doesn't help. Oh. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan I, I think it's completely it's completely different. Um, we, we've had former clients that worked at a, a captive and, um, you know, got really good training and, and learned the sales skills and, and you know, have a really good understanding of what to say and, and, you know, how to bang the phones. And they saw the economics that they were giving up and they said, hey, I want to start an agency. And, and they're really good at selling. 
But at the end of the day, they didn't really want to be business owners or, you know, that's that's not where they want to spend their time. Uh, and that's that's why they fell into a really, a really good scenario that they you know, built something cool. And uh, that's a completely different profile than the clients that we have that are really good at training and hiring. Uh, and, and producing producers, um, and there's different buyers for for each one of those profiles too. So I don't know if we treat them differently per se, but it's it's definitely a different conversation that we're having with them, and it's it's sometimes a different buyer pool too that we're exploring. Yeah, yeah, that that's really interesting. Um, uh, just kind of changing slightly off that topic a little bit. Um, I I have a good buddy. Uh, and and he had a partner in um, that they owned uh, you know one of the one of the largest and fastest growing homeowners and personal lines agencies in Massachusetts, uh, GNN Insurance. And one of the things that they told me that I thought was genius that I had never thought about. Uh, I, for those listening at home, it's um, Zach and Matt Matt and Molly. Um, they they uh, told me because I inter- did a lot of interviewing with them when they were going through a lot of their sale just because it was so interesting because they were doing a lot of talk. They, they were speaking a lot about that process for them. And one of the things that they had said that I thought was genius, that again, uh, just going, I, I hadn't thought about this, was that they were told very early to start getting valuations done years before, right? Like start thinking about the sale, not just, okay, I'm ready to sell, let's start thinking about this, but even before you're actually ready to start thinking, okay, if I ever needed to sell or if a great deal ever came. What's up, guys? Sorry to take you away from the episode, but as you know, we do not run ads on this show. And in exchange for that, I need your help. If you're loving this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, I would love for you to subscribe, share, Comment if you're on YouTube, leave a rating review if you're on Spotify or Apple iTunes, etc. This helps the show grow. It helps me bring more guests in. We have a tremendous lineup of people coming in, uh, men and women who've done incredible things, sharing their stories around peak performance, leadership, growth, sales, the things that are going to help you uh, grow as a person and grow your business but they all check out comments, ratings, reviews. They check out all this information before they come on. So as I reach out to more and more people and want to bring them in and share their stories with you, I need your help. Share the show, subscribe if you're not subscribed, and I'd love for you to leave a comment about the show because I read all the comments, or if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating review of this show. I love you for listening to this show, and I hope you enjoy it listening as much as I do creating the show for you. All right, I'm out of here. Peace. Let's get back to the episode. Man, how, you know, they, they started setting their business up to be sold before they were even ready to sell, yeah. if that makes sense. Is that, you know, talk me through that process because other than them, I've really never heard anybody talk about it. Um, and to me, it seems like something that should just be a best practice, but I know it's not. Yeah, no, most I mean, people I think think starting with the end in mind is a really big deal. Uh, so even with my own agency yeah. prior to selling, I've gone through done evaluation. It was probably two years before I sold. Probably. Uh, it wasn't the right time for me to go through and then sell. Oh, what right I going to achieve my objective? Oh, what? But what I learned from that evaluation, oh, all the things in my business that I could go through oh. and work on, and I had two years to go through and do it. Um, and ultimately, because I did that valuation, because I went through and worked on my weaknesses, I was able to turn those into strengths and sell for a lot more money than I would have if I didn't do it. A lot more money. Yeah, I think that's that's one scenario. The other one is a lot of people have a number in their head and 
they realize that they're already there. They do evaluation. Um, so that's that's another kind of welcome surprise sometimes that we see. Yeah, and I remember one time I was talking to, I was talking, I can't remember if I was talking to Zach or Matt about this specifically, which one it was, but they said one of the things they realized in in starting to do those annual valuations a few years before they were ready to sell is that they're how much more of a valuation they could actually get by increasing their growth growth trajectory like so so that like essentially gave them kind of max like what you said it all of a sudden gave them a target right not just like let's grow it was like okay we have to get from x to y and and at y man now we're in a whole new multiple level and it opens up all these additional doors and additional buyers that maybe wouldn't have been interested with us at this target so it to me it's it feels like if 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 you're five years out, maybe if you're in 10 years out, potentially mentally start, I mean, how much could an annual evaluation, uh, valuation cost? It can't cost yeah, what, a thousand bucks, right? I mean, it can't be that much. Yeah. So like if you just bake that in and make that an annual process, you, you, you get a level set every year on, on where you're at and you can kind of feel the market out too. Cause the markets well, are yeah, constantly and, changing, right? It's not just realizing how much you grow and how much uh, sale price would be impacted, but how you grow. So what layers are you putting on expenses that maybe you couldn't change later on? Are you adding a lot of different offices that maybe you wouldn't want to have once you go through and then sell? So it's just a, a bunch of factors that yeah. you become a lot more aware of and you can just grow a lot more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, going from being even, even an executive in companies to being the actual business owner, um, you learn very different the uh, fixed versus variable expenses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The ones that you can just, I don't want this yeah. anymore. I'm going to get rid of it versus you're screwed. Four you're years, locked in right. for a long time for that. Yeah. You know, that, um, th- those, uh, y- y- I mean, those are a lot of times things sound like a great idea until you realize, until you, you know, if you're, it, again, and that's why I'm kind of pushing this topic so hard is, you know, one of the things we talk about in my agency, one of the things I talk about with any at any speaking engagement or when I do sales trainings or any of the stuff that I do, it's you know, a big life thing for me is preparation, right? We don't wanna we don't wanna have the thing happen and then start preparing, right? You you prepare before the event. So I'm trying to really hammer on this point because to me, if if this is your big if this is how you pay yourself off for decades of toil, right? Let's just say that's the case, right? Let's say you're a 20-year-old agency, and this is the moment where you get back so much of that blood, sweat, and tears. You you don't just want to get to that 20-year point, be burnt out, be frustrated, you know, just want to just bail and pull the ripcord because now you're in a position of weakness. If you you can take a little bit of foresight, partner with, with maybe a company like Legacy, and, and do some prep work two, three, five years beforehand, now you're in the driver's seat, right? And, that, and that's where I would like, you know, I mean, I, I love our industry. You know, I've said this a million times. I, I, I came from a town of 900 people where people referred to my house as the crack house. We said, we said the criminal, you could leave your doors open in my town because the criminals live there. They didn't steal from there, right? So, so like, you know, this industry has given me a life I could have never asked for. And I think that's the case for a lot yeah. of agency owners. And it's like, I, I'm so happy for this conversation because I, I want them to start to understand how to get their business ready for that moment, whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever. You know, I think these conversations are so important because there's so much misunderstanding and, about and Ryan, this particular point, topic. Uh, 
just on the timing of it. So a lot of times people think, hey, I'm going to go through and then sell the day before I want to retire. And ultimately, if they do that, they're usually leaving a lot of money on the table, especially if they throw their agency to size. So we've had several clients that have been in their early 60s, late 50s. They don't want to hang up the boots. They're not ready to go and then retire. They know this is the best, most marketable time for their business to get the highest price. And they're still going to have upside on the back end as well. When it is time to go through and retire, they can go through and sign their own terms and not have anything. Yeah, and and Max, just to add to that, that that's done with a much smoother transition for your clients and your employees too. Yeah. Um, obviously, with with your experience, a lot of your employees were were left with, you know, great opportunities within that organization once you kind of stepped aside, right? And yeah, I mean, I, 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 sold, yeah, I mean, I have 30 employees when I sold. I mean, I have 27 of them are still with the agency that I sold to. This is three with, years later. That I sold um, which I feel great about years, that. And several of them have received uh, promotions. Uh, and have opportunities that they probably shouldn't have gone to an ad. Yeah, I, I think that, I think that the level of commitment in particular that agency owners have for their people is yeah. another very unique aspect of our industry. Um, you know, when you when you talk, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately uh, just had to do a few layoffs at our agency, and it was like, it was like gut wrenching. It was it was like you you feel like such a disappointment. You feel like you're failing. You know, you're you're there to protect these people, and and they've committed yeah. to you and help you grow this thing. And then you know, uh, unfortunately. You know, life happens, and sometimes you have to make really hard decisions, which is what we had to do. But, um, you know, I, I think our industry in particular has a strong commitment of ownership to people, even if even if they're not always treated exactly the way, you know, I think we would love. There, there is a level of commitment and caring and compassion that, that is particular. And, um, you know, that that's a really good point, Max. I think that's a really, really good point is that doing this the right way help set your people up for their in their career not not just your exit and and next thing right. or whatever you want to do with your life it also gives them a chance to to maximize their yeah, career as well I, I don't know i don't think there's been a single agency owner that we have talked to that somewhere in the conversation hasn't asked what will happen to my staff um they, they care about us yeah they should. overall the staff is really who builds a business uh, along with the agency owner so should care yeah yeah that's great so okay so let's get to the fun stuff so everyone's just just uh 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 dealt with 21 minutes of us talking through this stuff how do you maximize the value of your agency that's why everyone is listening whenever whenever you money guys get on uh get on calls like this everyone just wants what do i gotta do you know, and um, you can answer, you can start wherever you want. I'm going to give you free reign and you can take this wherever you want. But um, I think, you know, and, and again, what, I, what I've what i loved about just getting to know the two of you through the, the few calls that we've had off the air and, and everything and, and, and knowing some similar people is that you're very real, you're very honest, you're very straightforward, you have a very pragmatic approach to, to this process. I think it's why you guys are so successful um why you're one of the most referred uh sell side brokers in the business um you know what where would you start this conversation um 
and 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 how how do agency owners start to frame this in their mind? Let's see. Assume you have someone who's a few years out who believes that we need to start prepping, right? That we need to, to be prepared for this. They're doing things the right way. They come to you and they say, "Hey, I want to do everything the right way. I want to I want to maximize this and I want to do it the right way." What what where where do you guys start? What do you start looking at? What do you what do you have them start working on? Sure, and, and just a just a disclaimer to your listeners: there's there's no you know magic tricks or or anything like that that we can pull out. Pull out. You know the the uh, the buyers, the buyers and, the and the private equity firms, firms that back these buyers are they're, they're very sharp. There's you know there's no like financial engineering where you're going to kind of pull the the wool over their eyes, and and we don't want to do that because obviously our reputation and, and our clients are going to be partners with them at the end of the day when when they partner with them. So there's there's no you don't want to create any kind of optics up front um what's going to happen is those buyers they're, they're really smart they're going to pay more for good businesses and our job is to highlight what's what's exceptional about our clients and, and why they should be part of the organization at the end of the day um yeah i think a lot more max do you want to do you want to say add anything to before Right, you're like the great agency owner. You know, you want to go to the next level. I want to. I think first step is you want to build a great agency for them. Which sounds simple and obvious, but a lot of people don't really focus on that. Simple and obvious, but you want to establish processes. Better to do it earlier rather than later, because they'll actually be implemented. Better to do it earlier. You want to make sure that you have growth and it's consistently above average. The larger the growth is, generally speaking, the higher your multiple. Larger the growth. Um, you want to make sure that you're operating lean, or at least you're giving yourself the ability to operate lean, or at least you're giving yourself. So again, you're not going to have having seven, seven leases for a million dollar revenue shop. Um, you want to establish a solid culture. Um, you want to be able to highlight your team and how great they are, um, how educated they are, and insurance they are. Um, and if there's items that are between you and having that great agency that you don't have the initial skill set to go through and take care of, hire consultants that can go through and then help you. Um, on, on my end, when I owned the agency, there were certain things that I, I couldn't figure out on my own how to do them the way that I wanted to do it. Um, and hiring consultants was a, was a huge reason for, for our growth and, and ultimately where we ended up. So you just said a bunch of stuff in there. Um, let's start with processes. Um, I have a very good buddy, Mick Hunt, he is awesome. absolute one of the best. He's literally the go yeah. of, of processes. Um, quick shout out to him just cause he's the best guys, Patty, uh, agency development.com. It is the LinkedIn for insurance professionals. If you're looking for process or at least a starting point for process, that's the place to go. In my opinion, um, game changer for rogue really the last like three or four months. Um, but why are processes so important? Like if I'm just crushing it and growth is good, but maybe I don't have everything documented or our processes aren't great. It's I'm just a rainmaker or whatever. What, what's it, if I'm growing, why should I care about so having processes in the agency? You are running your agency or the higher your profit generally will be. Also your growth is going to be better as well. So like oftentimes we'll go through and then we'll have meetings with agency, two agencies within two days that have the same exact revenue, even maybe in the same geography. Um, but if you look at what their payroll expenses are, one can literally be double what the other agency's payroll expenses are. Um, and that's usually because, uh, it's not because they're, they're people are getting overpaid, it's usually because 
they're keeping Martin's cool. attention as the other group. So if you actually establish a process in place, you can operate you more actually which allows you to go have a, a higher sales price. And before you're selling, when you're having those processes, it allows you also to have a selling quality of life. Yeah, no, and Ryan, I, I would say your listeners are a lot more kind of growth oriented and they're trying to learn. That's, that's why they're listening to you yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, and, and they leverage technology more than the average agency owner. Um, but there's, I mean, there's, there's some phenomenal solutions out there today that, that can really help you grow and, and just be more efficient um, that don't cost that much money. Uh, so, you know, obviously leverage tech is as much as you can, but there, there's definitely a, a gray area where it's overkill. But, you, yeah. you know, be thoughtful about that. I completely agree with that. And I'll tell you, like, one of the one of the simple non-tech things that really helped us run more efficient is we run, like, a like a, a version of um, yep. the EOS system, track you know, the book Traction EOS. We run, like, a modified version of that specific to our agency. And just simply putting that pro- – yeah. which literally run off a Google Sheet. Like, I mean, there, we don't have the app. We don't – it's run off a Google Sheet. And that's simple. Just simply – knowing what our goal is for the next week, the one thing we're going to get done, our rocks, et cetera, like, and everyone kind of knowing what each person is working on, that simple process, which has nothing to do with technology, greatly improved the efficiency and, and project management of our, of our agency. And it's like, that's, it, you, you read a book or you hire a consultant for a couple of weeks and you now have something that will, that will completely change the game for you. And, and people just don't want to do these kinds of things when, you know, they're, to me, it's like it was like a no-brainer again because I hate it. some of it comes natural because I hate working oh. in the business so much um, that like it's like oh this can help me work on the business more I can just do more BD and stuff like that like okay great no-brainer I think for for some of the individuals and and for those of you listening who really love like the nerdy shit that goes on in our space like I think it's harder for them because they 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 almost don't want to extract themselves like they love being in there and. Um, I've actually seen a few agency owners, really, really forward-thinking and progressive agency owners, um, who've hired COOs to actually operate the business so that they can stay, you know, kind of a little more boots on the ground because that's where they do, you know, they're rainmakers. That's where they, that's where they do their work. And that's a really smart play. I've seen that done the other way. It takes a lot of, oh, yeah. you have to have a lot of humility, right? Because of what it, because it, what it says is I'm, it, it could be perceived by those with a large ego I can't run my business, which is not what it's saying. It's I understand where my most value is, so I'm you know trying to hand off these I other love things. But Ryan, but yeah, I that's really good. Okay, you look so, at my old uh, weekly organizer; it probably looked a lot like yours. We also ran off a modified EOS system, and I couldn't give that enough praises. Uh, it's it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I I always wondered why. Like I, my like, if left to my own devices, I get like pages and pages of like to dos, and um, and then I have to like what that system does is it like draws me back in because my ADHD will just be like, oh, I can do this, and and I want to do this, and oh, and all, okay, I'll do this, you know, and and what it does is it forces me to say, no, dummy, you have two tasks between now and next Tuesday. Get those two tasks done, then you can follow it. all the rabbit holes you want, but but you gotta get those two things done first, um. Yeah, so I, we got to have a system. All right, so um, I want to um, go. I want to come back to growth a little more and talk a little bit more about growth. Before we get there, um, I want to talk about running a lean business. I think this is a really important concept to spend just a little bit of time on. 
um, when you talk about a lean business, what does that mean? And why is it impactful to, to uh, not only the, maybe the success of day-to-day -day operation, but ultimately to um, kind of maximizing the potential value? Yeah, so of I, I think if you go through and then start with the impact first. So let's say you have like a $2 million revenue agency and you're able to shave off $80,000 of expenses, which is really that, that big of an amount. Um, the difference when you actually exit um, or the difference when you sell and then stay on is going to be somewhere in like the area of six hundred dollars So like small efficiencies make a very big deal based off of the multiples that exist in the insurance world. Um, and I think operating lean, what that means is like looking at your expenses and realizing what's the return on those expenses and looking at all of your expenses. Um, so whether that's your tech stack and those items that basically you have but you're not using, uh, if those are leases where you realize that you two offices down by one, um, if it's uh, your people and then realizing certain people can have dual roles, um, it all factors in and can make any small change make a large impact on the sales price. Any small change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I, I want to focus everyone kind of away from when you hear, when you hear like trimming, trimming the fat before a sale, this, this is not cutting employees, right? We already talked about the demographics of insurance. All of these buyers and these larger agencies, they need good people. They'll, they'll pay recruiting fees to hire good people. So if you already have good people, keep them. Um, our job is, is to basically show a picture of the business today, how, it, how it's operated on its own, and then how it would operate as part of a larger the larger, the larger model, right? So if, right? So if you have to reallocate some people that are in, you know, account management or, or customer success into another division in, in that in that agency, a lot of times you can get credit for that um, on on the pro forma. But you have to know how to ask, um, and again, they have to they have to be good employees. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that is a part employee management, and I don't mean necessarily. The actual managing of the employees i mean taking stock in who your a b c and d players are being able to properly uh, who can you train up who needs to be trained up who's you know performing at a high level uh and who just is never going to cut it um you know the number of times that i've sat at a table with a glass of bourbon listening to someone complain about someone who's been with the company for for 20 years and is terrible and is Drake, but they won't, they won't let them go because, you know, of some reason. And it's like, I, I think, again, this is where I go back to being an agency owner versus a business owner. And while I, I try and believe in being loyal to your employees at a certain point, if you're not properly managing your people, meaning, meaning giving them quarterly performance or, or we do trimester, trimesters, I guess, whatever, three, three times a year, we do performance reviews and uh, with set criteria and, and feedback loops and all this kind of stuff where so people know where they're at and what's going on at, at a certain point there is a reality to this individual is a drag to the business there is an expense a fixed expense to them um, and is their attitude their effort their efficiency impacting the business and I think I think a lot of owners get caught in well he or she has been here for X number of years so I don't know how I could let them go what would they do next well there are actually a lot of options and there are services that you can hire to help offboard people, help them find other positions. You could call a few of your friends or others and say, hey, I have this individual. They're not a great fit for us. Here's what he or she is good at. Could they be a good fit? So there are ways of making sure your employees are taken care of, but just not 
just not at your yeah. business. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I think a, a, lot a lot of agency owners miss on that. You spend so much time focusing on that, that employee that, that isn't bringing the culture up, but instead is bringing it down. And that makes it so you're not actually focusing on all the other people in your organization that are bringing the culture up uh, and doing the right things. Uh, and, and ultimately that yeah. ends up impacting the retention for your best employees if you keep somebody on it that doesn't, doesn't improve the culture for your, for your group. Yeah, I, I found myself the other day, on, I, was, I called one of my team members, who's a, who's a rock star, uh, and I said, I said, hey man, I'm sorry I haven't checked in in a few days. I, I've, I haven't <laughs> checked in because you're doing good, right? I've been, yeah. I've been addressing the squeaky wheels. And like at the time that just like rolled off my tongue and it felt very natural and he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, whatever. And, and the truth is, he's a self-starter, he solves problems. Yeah. I, I don't have to worry about him necessarily. And then, like, a couple of days later, I was thinking about that comment. I don't know why it hit me, but I was like, oh, my God, I'm spending all my time and attention on the people that drive me nuts versus the people who are killers and rock stars that I should be, that I could get even more out of right. if I did spend a little time and a little training and whatever. Like, I could take them to another level, and I'm spending all my time with the people who drive me crazy. Like, what is wrong with me? Um, I won't say I took any positive action on that, but the, the thought, it kind of depressed me a little bit that, that that's – and I'm trying to change it, but I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, why am I spending my time on the people who are problems and not on the people who, who can, who can probably do three times the work if I just give them right. a little yeah, more Yeah, I mean, that, that's everyone's default. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then not just with employees and, and management of people, it's, it's the whole business. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's spin back to growth. So uh, everybody wants growth. What I've found is in our industry, um, if you post something about growth, everyone will like it and comment on it. And I'll be honest with you, I think most of it is lip service. I think that what I've found is most agency owners love to talk about growth, but don't actually want to do any of the things that will actually grow their agency. They just want to flip the lights on uh, and wait for referrals to come in. And then when they don't grow, they bitch about it, but will pound the table that they're a referral-based agency. So it's like this odd dynamic of like lying to yourself and being lazy, but then loving to talk about growth. So when you were talking, you said uh, a couple things that, um, you know, growth is one of the key drivers to increasing yeah. uh, multiples, valuation, et cetera, that you want to be above average growth and larger growth. And, I'm, and maybe there's some implied here. So, so correct me where I'm wrong. I'm just taking that larger growth actually has a larger yeah. impact than standard growth. So if you're at a certain level, that may even go geometric or whatever in terms of in terms of multiple potential. Um, so so let's start breaking down this idea of growth because I think this is something that everybody focuses on. And and let's start to kind of uh, lay this bag of snakes out. Not to, well, I, to I think on the, the growth side. So a lot of buyers are doing the purchases on a strategic buyers. Basis. So for example. Uh, they may not have so, anybody that's in their organization that is a killer in commercial lines. They're great at commercial lines. They can do that backward and forward. They've got lots of different departments there. But just no one is able to go through and then knock out solid commercial lines. So, like, if, if you have an organization that's growing at 30% uh, every single year, you're going to be worth a lot more to them than a normal scenario uh, because you can fix the problem on top of the revenue that you're bringing. So you're bringing a lot more value. 
So in that in that scenario, does it make sense for agencies are, are agencies who are, have a niche focus that then you can align with a buy a specific buyer need, they're gonna do better, you know, in air quotes better than say just a generalist agency? I think there's always yeah, there, there's always a premium for a niche, especially Absolutely. If growth in it, and if the buyer thinks that they can accelerate that growth. Uh, but the generalist can do really well as well. So it's not something that is one or the other, but yeah, you're usually going to get a premium if there's a niche. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And if you are outside of, um, say, doing evaluation every year or whatever, how, how should agencies start to, you know, if they're just sitting at home and they're maybe not a little, little nervous about reaching out just yet, although hopefully by the end of the podcast, they, they won't be, um, you know, how do they know average growth versus like, what, what are, like, how do you determine these numbers? Cause everyone says like, you know, look, where are the numbers in our industry where an agency owner can put their finger on it and go, my size, my region, my, my, I write, you know, 60, 40 commercial lines in Northwestern Ohio. So, and you know, an average growth is, you know, whatever, like, how do they know what's a good benchmark? How do they start to benchmark themselves? Or is that what they pay, you know, you guys and valuation experts for? It's a really hard question, question to answer right now, Ryan, just given how much premiums are increasing year over year. So, so you know, we, we talked to a lot of agency owners and, you know, they're bragging about 10% annual growth. Um, and when you peel it back, you know, policy count is, is shrinking and it's all just due to, to premium increase. At the end of the day, insurance is an incredible product, right? Everyone needs it. Businesses need it. Uh, individuals, individuals need it. There's going to be a home if you're looking to sell your book. Uh, and, and there's going to be a premium to that if you're looking to sell your business on top of the book. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really hard to answer like what, what is strong growth right now? We've had, we've had clients. Um, yeah. North, north of 20, 30% buyers seem to get really excited about those numbers. Um, but if you're, but if you're you know, if, if you're not growing to that extent, it, again, it's, you still have an awesome business. You have an awesome model. Someone, someone's going to want that. I, I wouldn't be deterred, uh, or, or down on yourself if, if you're not there, but it, it's, you know, you can certainly strive to be better. Yeah. With professionals, whether it's someone they can help you with evaluation or just other consultants in the industry as well. Uh, if you're hesitant to do that and you're just looking for something to like check out online. Uh, Reagan best practice is always a good one to look at. It'll give you metrics for different size, uh, uh, different size agencies as well. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that could be improved there, but it's a great starting point if you don't want to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. So let's say somebody has been listening to this and they like you guys, they like the way they talk. Like, who is a good fit, particularly for you? And it's and it's okay. I know you guys both said we don't want to be salesy. I'm not trying, but like. Someone's listening to this, and, and this is an honest question because you guys help people, and, and I had you on the show for a reason, right? Um, they're sitting there, and they're going, you know, I, I would like to get out ahead of this. I, 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 you've piqued my interest. I am. In, like, who's a good fit for you guys, and who – and it could be everybody. You know what I mean? I, you answer this however you want. Um, and who maybe is, is, is not, like, maybe not in your sweet spot, if, if that even exists. Sure. Uh, so – You want to take it, Max? I think we always lead with education up front. So generally speaking, if you're somebody that has an interest in selling, it may not be today, but in the next like five years, 
Um, we're happy to go through and have a conversation. Um, again, to your point, we're happy to get, we're never sells you. We're not trying to go through and then convince you that you should sell your never sell Oftentimes we have conversations with people and we tell them this isn't the time that you should do it. You, have like, you need to make these changes and if you want to go through and sell in a couple years, like can they be here and if you're happy to go through and help you? Um, so I, I think it's uh, people that would probably want to go through like sell in the next five years. You want to get a general statement on where they're at. Um, sometimes they're surprised and and it makes yeah. sense to go through and make moves earlier than they expected. Sometimes it's not that case. Um, it's, it's really just up to them and their needs. And, and how do they reach out? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, I mean, they can always go through and then just check out our website. It's uh, legacyadvisors.partners. Um, and, uh, or just send an email to Mike or myself. I'm Max at LegacyAdvisors.Partners. Mike is Mike at LegacyAdvisors.Partners. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have conversations with them. Guys, I appreciate you taking this time with the audience. I think, you know, there's so much to our business. There's so much to our industry. And I think a lot of focus gets put on this moment. And what I hope people take away from this is that um, there are many different paths. I think what you guys have done a very good uh, job of outlining that there is no like right or wrong. It's, it's, there's our different paths. Uh, and that I think the key is to start thinking about this as, as far in front of your decision as you can or feels feasible so that you position your business Absolutely. in the best way possible. And, and uh, I just really appreciate your time. I, ho I hope uh, in the future you guys will be willing to come on again and, and talk more as the market continues to change. And, um, and, and, and you get more experience and more clients uh, in terms of um, just what's happening. I think it, this would be a great regular segment for the show. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. It's been great. We'd love that, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. All right, we're out of here.